We, the white delegation, are very proud to announce our pick this year, Colin Powell. What? <laughs> Colin Powell is not white. He's, he's not even an eighth white. He's 100% black. Last I heard. Wow, I gotta wonder how the blacks are gonna be taking this one. <laughs> we, the black delegation, accept the white delegation's offer to draft Colin Powell on the condition that they also accept Condoleezza Rice as part of the deal. I got it. Another new episode. Your boy Dante and I are joining you for another episode of the show. This show is called Polar Opposites because your boy Dante and I, we agree, we disagree, but most importantly, we come together to talk about things in an important and smart way, things that people are uncomfortable with, things that people we feel don't talk about enough. These days, people feel that it's difficult to have a certain opinion. Dante and I don't shy away from everything or from anything, actually. And I think that's why y'all listen to the show, because we address everything and we're not afraid to run from a certain topic. So we appreciate you guys listening. We talk about politics, pop culture, entertainment and music. Never a dry eye, never a laugh that hasn't been I don't know what I'm saying at this point, but y'all get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> y'all get what I'm trying to say. I, I'm terrible uniquely when it comes to all these sayings and cliches. I'm terrible at it, but nevertheless, we're here. Thank you for joining us. If you guys are new to the show and are listening for the first time, welcome. We love it. We hope you like it. And at the end, if you enjoyed it so much, please feel free to leave a rating. Please feel free to leave a review. Follow us if you want. Send us an anonymous question. Speaking of which, Dante and I have a method where you guys can get in contact with the show and directly ask us a question. So we're not going to read one on this week's episode because we're saving all of your questions. We really love that method because it allows us to connect to you guys. You guys get to connect with us and it's fun. So Dante, what's up with you? What do you need to tell the listeners this week? Um, I just want to piggyback on the question thing. The more questions you guys write in, the quicker we'll be able to answer them because we're saving them for an episode where we're just going to devote it to answering your questions. So please write in a question. Don't be shy. They're anonymous, like Justin said, so we won't know. Or if you want to DM us the question, we could talk about it there, too. It doesn't matter. But we would love to you know, interact with you and answer your questions. So please keep writing them in so we can have another one of these uh, Q&A episodes. Yeah, Q&A episodes are fun. It's laid back. We answer your questions and y'all get to hear how we're like responding to your feedback or whatever it is that y'all need to say to us. So we love that. So feel free to follow us on Instagram and all that good stuff. But spooky season is still (laughs) upon us. We're recording this in October. Hope you guys have y'all's plans together for Halloween. What are y'all going to be doing? Um, How's your weekend? How did that go? Hope you guys are having a good week. This has been a good week for me. I think it's been a good week for Dante. Why has it been excellent, Dante? Listen, I was on vacation eating all the lobster. (laughs) Listen. You work hard, you play hard, man. And I've been working hard as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I deserve to play hard. And I deserve to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Because if you cannot enjoy the fruits of your labor and you're always laboring, what is the point? What is the point? We can't let capitalism kill us. We say it every week and it's always going to be relevant as long as capitalism is relevant. So if you guys need a break, take a break, go on vacation, 
do whatever it is for Halloween, make plans, whatever. But capitalism will not kill us. So that's our message, I guess. Big facts. Don't let them keep you down, man. Like, don't let people make you feel bad for taking time off and doing stuff that you need to do for yourself, man. It's a job for a reason. That work is going to be there when you come back. Take off. Use your PTO. Enjoy your time. That is my message to you. The wise philosopher Rihanna once said, live your life. Okay. Well, so. oh, hold on. <laughs> that that same wise philosopher also said, "Work, work, 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 work." Uh oh. Uh oh. And she's also a billionaire. So who has she been putting to work, and who has been grinding away to make her a billionaire? Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> See, send the messages mm. there. You know, mm. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know. You can't have it both ways, Rihanna. You can't tell us to live our lives. Hey, 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 hey. now in the second breath, you're telling us work, 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 work. A shimmy, dimmy, dir, 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 dir. Make it make sense. <laughs> make it make sense because it's confusing Ooh, to me okay that sounds trash but anyway anyway so we're gonna forego doing listener questions this week because like we said earlier we're waiting to get more questions that way we can compile them all and then devote an episode to doing a Q&A so y'all send stuff in do whatever you need to do but we love hearing your questions so feel free to send those in so since we're forgoing listener questions let's just get into off my chest. Justin's got to give. It's off his chest. Dante has got to give. It's off his chest. Justin and Dante got to get, get it off their chest. All right. Thank you, Julia. So if you guys are new to the show, Off My Chest is a segment where Dante and I rant a little bit. If something interesting that we needed to rant about happened in our week, here's the segment for that. So Off My Chest for me Adele. Our fave Adele, the music industry's favorite artist, is here to shake up the industry. So at the time of this recording, I think it was a couple weeks ago, Adele dropped her long-awaited single called Easy On Me, and the music industry is shook. This week, it debuted at number one on the charts, and people like it, some people are mixed on it. So Adele has been gone for six years. She released her album 25 in 2015. Six years later, she said that she's going to be releasing her album called 30 in November, and she's dropped a single on us. So I listened to the single, I watched the video, and low-key or high-key, whatever you kids are saying these days, I'm kind of (laughs) disappointed, I'm not going to lie. I like Adele, so y'all don't think that I'm a hater or I'm a contrarian where I just want to disagree or dislike something just because it's popular. That's not me. But the Adele single I was not here for because I expected after six years for her to give us something that we haven't heard before. Give us something dynamic and easy on me. It feels pretty safe, honestly. That's how I feel about the single. It's not a bad song, so don't ever let somebody tell you that it's bad, but it's just safe. I feel like she should... Maybe not do something completely different, but just give us something dynamic. Hello was a little bit more of the same, but it was still big and dynamic. Well, 
deep. Need I say more? It was amazing. So, oh, hold on, uh-huh. hold on. Mm-hmm. I want to pause there because I don't think people understand the gravity and just how big and how great of a song "Rolling in the Deep" oh, was. Yeah. Like that's that is legendary. Like that's cementing her forever. Like "Rolling in the Deep" was great. Like mm-hmm. there's very few songs that come out and you're like, I've never heard something like this, right? And off the top of my head, I can say. You know, Rolling in the Deep is one of those. Crazy by Niles Barkley was one of those songs. Hey Ya by Outkast was a song like that. So, like, it was a, a monumental song, and it was huge. Um, I'm sorry for taking over your off my chest. I'll let you know. No, you're back. fine. I love that. We love when Dante interjects. Yeah, I think that the single is pretty safe. It was no Rolling in the Deep, because y'all know I love me some Rolling in the Deep. I say more I would sing it but I don't want to do that to y'all's ears but. <laughs> or uh-huh. like we we can even talk about like that I mean that whole album 21 is like listen someone like you someone like you come on guys what are we talking about here rumor has it like that lady was hurt she was at 21 at 21 I didn't go through heartbreak like that but Adele did and she shook up the industry <laughs> she said we could have had it all rolling in the deep you had my heart inside of your hands and you played but it. But you played mm. it to the beat. Woo. My God. My God. That's a word. Break out the player scroll for a day. My God. Woo. <laughs> I feel like I'm in church right now. I know. Just <laughs> preaching at the pulpit. No, but Adele is great. So don't get it twisted. Don't let anybody tell you that me or Dante doesn't like her. I like her, honestly. I might even love her. I don't know. Don't get crazy. I love her. <laughs> I can say that. It's fair for me to say that. I don't love her like I love Amy. Because that's a different level. Mm -hmm. But I do love Adele. But, you know, with this new single that Adele dropped, it's interesting the type of reception that certain artists get. Like, I feel like Adele has made it into that category of artists where if you critique them in any little way, people think you're a hater. They're untouchable. Beyonce's on that tier. Frank Ocean is on that tier. Um, There's a couple other people that are on that tier where they can do no wrong, according to the public. Is it safe to say Drake's on that tier? Because, I mean, you and I have both talked about how that last album was trash. It doesn't have any replay value, obviously. Like, it goes number one because it's him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that he's probably on that level, too. But the main one to me is definitely Beyonce. Like, you can't criticize her or anything. And honestly, probably Rihanna, too, because mm. you have the Navy come after you. I don't care about the Navy. They can come at me all they want. She's a billionaire. Y'all were praising her for being a billionaire. And now that she's one of y'all's faves, y'all don't want to call her out for her maybe problematic stances or, you know, ways that she's earned her money. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird to me. But on this podcast, we like to hold everybody accountable. So Rihanna can get the smoke, too. So anyway, keep that eat the rich energy. I don't know. But, you know, the single with Adele, it was interesting because the reception for it, everybody has been loving it. But I'm like, is it really that good? Again, I'm not saying that it's bad, but is it really that good? Because I saw people tweeting, yes, yes, she ate and she left no crumbs. Yes. I'm like, what exactly did she eat? I'm so confused by it. So I I just don't get it because it's like we love Adele, but we can also accept and acknowledge when she's delivering stuff that maybe isn't her best or isn't dynamic considering the long break that she took so i'm hoping that the album has better you know songs and singles on it but for this one it's not it for me what did you think um i think the quality of her voice is still amazing for sure um i think the song is pretty boring put it like that like obviously i think it's rare for us to ever expect another rolling in the deep because i think that song is a one of one 
But then, you know, maybe it's not because we just went through the track list on that album and they were all amazing Bangers. songs. Any artist would be lucky to have one song as good as someone like you on an album. And she had like five, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like the song was pretty boring to me, but I like her voice quality. So I'm waiting to hear what she does next. You know, like, is this going to be just a repeat of 25? And I mean, her voice is still good. She'll always give you one or two great songs on an album. You know, 25 had those. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I have big curiosity. She has a place. She's done enough for me where I'm always going to check out what she's doing until she proves me otherwise. I would love to hear her step out of her comfort zone, like you said, and do like do a track with Calvin Harris or do some shit with Disclosure, man, and, and give us something new, mm-hmm. something upbeat, something big, crazy. Like people be like, oh, my God, I can't believe Adele's on this club banger. Like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Let's do it. Well, I'm not sure if I want her to release club bangers, but every artist is within their comfort zone. They make songs that they know that their fans are going to like. And maybe the reason why Adele plays it so safe is because she knows that her audience expects a certain kind of sound from her. And if she deviates too far from that, she risks alienating the people that made her who she is today. So I think that that's a calculation in her head as well. But ultimately, the reason why I brought up Adele as my off my chest is because I don't think that she's overrated because her being overrated would insinuate that her talent does not meet the acclaim that she gets. I think that Adele is overhyped and overhyped is different from overrated in the sense that whatever Adele does, whether good or bad, people hype up as if it's the greatest thing since sliced bread when in reality, some of it isn't and that's okay Adele can make boring tracks like Dante said and it's still good but it's not like Jesus speaking the Bible from a microphone like it's not amazing and it's okay if people aren't amazing 100% of the time Adele is great I like some of her songs but she's not Jesus and we need to stop overhyping people for a song that I think is okay and maybe even bordering on mediocre get it off your chest say what you really mean about and that's how I feel <laughs> it's okay to criticize Frank Ocean not everything that he produces produces is amazing it's okay to criticize beyonce because not everything that she creates is amazing just listen to her album i am sasha fierce there's a reason why fans rank that as her you know least appealing album because it's not it it's not it and that's okay everybody has their bumps in the road and maybe this isn't a bump in the road for adele but it's a swerve to the right (laughs) if that makes any type of sense so hopefully the (laughs) album gives us more but it is what it is it always will be. It yeah. always will be. But that's my off my chest. We love you, Adele. Facts. Facts. I, I still love you. I'm still going to bump you. I mean, listen, with artists, it's it's weird, right? Like, I used to be a huge Weekend fan. I don't like the music he puts out now, but it doesn't matter because I already have the stuff that I do like. You know what I mean? I can always go back and listen to that. So it could be the same with Adele, right? Let's say this album sucks. I'll always have 19. I'll always have 21. I'll always have 25. Mm-hmm. And I can go listen to that and enjoy it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's fine. It's fine. Artists grow, artists change, or sometimes to their detriment, they might stay the same. But you always still have what you like about them. And you can go back and listen to those tracks. And, you know, if you find that track boring, you could just go listen to Sour because that is the album of the year. That is, I'm still listening to that. Sour is so good, guys. Just go check it out. Don't overhype it, but it is a good album. And it's interesting because, you know, Olivia Rodrigo is a new artist. So I've never seen a new artist win. Actually, that's not true because Billie Eilish won Best New Artist and Album of the Year in the same year. And the Grammy goes to... Okay, we don't it. Billie Eilish! 
Yeah, I think that Olivia Rodrigo's, I think she's the front runner for album of the year at the Grammy. Sour. Has to be. It's good. Man, they play every track on the radio, man. Sour is so good, guys. Driver's License is that song, honestly. Uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I love that song. It's not even in my like top five on that album. Jealousy, Jealousy, Deja Vu, Good For You, Traitor. Uh, so good. Those are all the best singles, by the way. All the ones that Dante just named are the best ones. Driver's License, Deja Vu, Good For You, Jealousy, Jealousy, Trada. Oof. Fire album. That's fire album, guys. Keep that. That's my early prediction. So when you go back and listen to this podcast, you'll be like, Dante did say that that was one album of the year. Just say that we were the first ones to predict it. Just saying. Big facts. Big facts. All right, Dante. So what is your off my chest this week? All right. I got something to get off my chest, guys. Some of this Justin knows because we talk off the pod. Over the weekend, an artist who like I don't even like, right? I think he's a troll. I don't like his music, but I don't like I don't dislike him as a person because I don't know the man. Lil Nas X was on an Instagram live and he said, "Hey, you guys got to check it out because I have a song with a uh, Lil Boosie coming out." So I've been working on this song with Lil Boosie, bro. I had this song with Lil Boosie from to come out. Shit, fire ain't gonna even lie for it. Goddamn, sound a little boosie finna come out. Sound a little boosie finna come out. If anybody that doesn't know Lil Boosie, like he is, go look him up, look up his life, see how he came up, see about, you know, him doing time in jail and just the type of crazy person that he is. What song would they know from him if they don't know who he is? Bro, I, uh, oh, Wipe Me Down. Wipe, wipe Me, me down. down. That's the only Boosie, yeah, that's the only Boosie song I know. Wipe Me Down. <laughs> <laughs> He's real, like, but he he has very problematic views on homosexuality and things of that nature. So, like, he's talked about Lil Nas X in the past, and Lil Nas X was trolling him by saying, "I have a song with Boosie coming out. Go check it out." Boosie just went on a tirade, calling him, you know, the f word, and just saying bad stuff about the man. What I want to get off my chest is I never understood why people think homosexuality is such a big deal. If that person is not doing anything with to you. Why do you care about what they do with their uh, sex organs? Who they're f- does not change your day at all. Why does it matter what other people are doing with their body? Like the, the constitution of this country, you know, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Whatever that person does to make them happy, as long as it's not infringing upon your happiness, it shouldn't matter. And if you want to bring religion into it and talk about your God, you are not the judge. Isn't he the judge? You People like to cherry pick the Bible and use certain scriptures to validate their points. But doesn't it say judge not lest he be judged so you're not the judge let the man upstairs be the judge if if he views it as a eternal damnation for somebody being gay that's not up for you to decide and to judge people that's up to him you let that person deal with it when they meet their maker like i just don't ever understood why people go so hard about it it makes me think that there's some ulterior modes maybe you have feelings deep within yourself and you've been taught to hate yourself because you've been taught that being gay is wrong and you don't know how to deal with those feelings. And that's why you go so hard in the opposite direction. Could be the case. Might not be. Maybe you're just ignorant and hateful. I don't know. But 
we need to leave well enough alone and let people live their life the way that they see fit. And that's why I want to get off my chest. Critical race theory has been a hot button issue in the world. And recently on the show, The View, former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice was a guest host. The subject at hand was about critical race theory being taught in schools. So, Dante, what is critical race theory for the people? Critical race theory or CRT is an approach to studying U.S. policies and institutions that is most often taught in law schools. Its foundation dates back to the 1970s when law professors began exploring how race and racism have shaped American law and society. The theory rests on the premise that racial bias, intentional or not, is baked into U.S. laws and institutions. Black Americans, for example, are incarcerated at much higher rates than any other racial group. And the theory invites scrutiny of the criminal justice system's role in that. Yep, you heard it from him. It's basically like a deep analysis of the systems in place that oppress people in our current society. So all it is is a framework. It's not being taught in schools. Like critical race theory is a class that everybody must take right now. That's not happening. Can can you say that again? Can you say that again? Because I want people to understand that. Yeah, this is not currently being taught in schools. Let's not confuse ourselves. It's not this thing where it's being adopted and it's one of your electives that you can take. It's not like that at all. A lot of progressives are calling for people to use this framework and adapt it into their history classes so that people learn the honest truth about systemic injustice in history classes and in our country. So, you know, that's what critical race theory is. A lot of people on the right like to demonize critical race theory and paint this false idea that it teaches white people to hate themselves, that it has this idea that white people are evil. They are to blame for everything in our society and white people should be ashamed for being white. Critical race theory says every white person is a racist. Critical race theory says America is fundamentally racist and irredeemably racist. It's not true. It's a dog whistle. It's what people on the right like to do to, I guess, not take accountability for our history. In a way, it's trying to shield people from the truth and run from it instead of addressing it head on and figuring out solutions to advance and progress our world, especially when it comes to race relations in this country. So that's all critical race theory is. Well, I want to jump in there again. Let's be clear, right? You have parents all up in arms and protesting at schools where this isn't even being taught. But relentless propaganda from some conservatives has created a panic that white people, and especially white children, are under attack. Critical race theory is basically teaching people to hate our country. Schools are embracing this ideology and forcing white students and white teachers to be ashamed of their own skin color. It's not critical race theory, it's racism. Like you've been duped and you've been lied to, it's a dog whistle like Justin said. This is not being taught to your seven-year-old in elementary school. This is courses that are taken in college. So you're up in arms and protesting, making a fool out of yourself for nothing. Because it's not being taught to your seven-year-old. Nobody's telling your seven-year-old to hate themselves for something that happened that they have had no parts in. But we'll talk about that down the road. I'm sorry for interrupting you. So Condoleezza Rice, former Secretary of State, she is a conservative. I believe she's a Republican, and she's also a black woman. So she was a guest host on The View, and when critical race theory was brought up, she said, It's one of the worries that I have about the way that we're, we're talking about race is that it either seems so big that somehow white people now have to feel guilty for everything that happened in the past. I, I mm-hmm. don't think that's very productive. Or black people have to feel disempowered by mm-hmm. race. I would like black kids to be completely empowered, to know that they are beautiful in their blackness, mm-hmm. 
But in order to do that, I don't have to make white kids feel bad for being white. So Dante, you watched the clip twice. What did you think of her comments regarding critical race theory? Well, the quote that you just said, I mean, I completely agree with her, right? Like, we shouldn't be making anybody feel bad about the color of skin. Isn't that what we fought for as a society and as a country? You know, separate but equal is bullshit. That that's that was never true. It was just a way to keep people separate and disadvantage certain people that look like you and I. And that's just a fact. And that's what critical race theory talks about. It talks about, hey, people who have are not white have had distinct disadvantages in this country. It's not saying, hey, little white kid that's learning about this, even though it's not being taught in elementary schools. I can't stress that enough. But hey, white person that's earnest. We're not saying that you're evil. We're not blaming you for anything because you were not there and you were not present. Like, I can't stress that enough. I don't understand why this is, be, is why this is so controversial and why people are so up in arms about it, because it's not blaming you. Like history is ugly. Atrocities have happened. We can't sugarcoat this and lie about it and par- make a parody of it forever. It deserves to be taught. And the reason that you teach history and you learn history is to not repeat it in our future. And what I'm coming to understand is that there's a lot of white people out there that feel a sense of guilt in terms of this country's history because of, you know, what white people historically have done to other oppressed groups in this country. They feel guilty for that. And I don't think that they should feel guilty. A lot of lawmakers today are wanting to hide our history instead of addressing it. And they do that because they don't want to talk about reparations. They don't want to talk about progression in any way because there's so many things that have not been addressed and it's continuing to to fester and permeate throughout society. So I don't know. I think it's complicated. But like I said, I think that the truth is uncomfortable and we have to teach history honestly. Like, do you think that critical race theory should be taught in classes? Yeah, it should be taught. And another topic that they talked about in that uh, clip that we're referencing from The View uh, when Condoleezza Rice was sitting in with them is, you know, should parents be more involved in what their kids are taught? And, you know, she mentioned that a lot more people are homeschooling their kids like cool if you want to cherry pick and censor what your kids learn that's fine and yeah you can homeschool them but what good are you doing your kid by picking and choosing what they can learn and what they should learn and giving them versions of the truth that you deem acceptable for them like saying that being exposed to this knowledge will make them hate themselves or make them feel like they're racist that's the same argument to me at least when people use like oh well i don't want to see that on my tv because if there's two men kissing that's going to make my kid be gay like what the fuck are you talking about it doesn't make (laughs) sense to me maybe i'm missing something let me know a big thing that you're also neglecting is the fact that kids should not only be receiving education at school parents should also be teaching their kids at home as well i'm glad you said that because your kid can learn something in school and they could tell you about it and if it's false you could tell them the truth one of my best friends told me about how his daughter came home from school and the teacher was talking about 9-11 and she said she the teacher i don't remember exact conversation but the teacher basically said the people who attacked us was not the people who attacked us and he was like hey that's wrong let me tell you what really happened and let me tell you who really attacked us sure you should be able to fact check these teachers and you should know what your kids are learning right you want to talk about they want to show up to these meetings and talk about critical race theory and it's the devil and it's racist and all that stuff where are you at on these other pta meetings are you that involved in what they're learning in math <laughs> class in science class in english class It's annoying. It's annoying because people like to flip the truth in order to fit whatever narrative that they want to fit. And it's honestly, it does a disservice to the kids and it does a disservice to everybody else. Because when you Google critical race theory, there's so many definitions and people are still confused with what exactly it is. So the dialogue has gotten so mixed up that people don't even know the truth from fiction. But I actually disagree with you. I think that 
critical race theory doesn't necessarily have to be taught in schools. All it is is a framework. If people are so upset about this framework being adopted in schools, honestly, it doesn't matter that much to me. Just drop it. Just teach the truth. It's history. That's all it is. You don't have to code it in this big language of critical race theory where people are confused and afraid of what it actually is. Drop it. Just call it history. Teach the truth. And that should be it. So there's there's two things I have a problem with with what you said. The truth now, unfortunately, in the world that we live in is subjective because there are facts out there, but not everybody can agree to the facts. And that's a shame. Secondly, what else I disagree about is in your state, for example, and I'm not like making a taking a shot at Texas or whatever. I'm not trying to be funny or tongue in cheek right now, but they're banning, you know, teaching about women's suffrage and limiting what they can learn about MLK. And like if you start putting caps on what people can learn, you're hiding truth from them and hiding history from them. What the fuck are we really doing? I think that some people would rather tell lies about what happened than to tell the truth and address the truth head on. It's like you breaking a nice china vase, but instead of you either trying to fix it or make it better, you're sweeping it under the rug. But just because you sweep something under the rug doesn't mean that it's not there. Nope. It's still in pieces. It's not addressed. It's not fixed. And if you're not careful, it can cut you. So, you know, <laughs> people be like, no, I don't want my kid to learn this about uh, history and race or I don't want my kid to learn this about sex. But if something else comes up like, well, that's your school's that's the school's job to do that and provide that for our kids. You know, like you just pick and choose so much. And it's like, just be consistent on it. Yeah. And if you want to sit there and write out the teacher's lessons plans for them you know what you need to go to school and dedicate that time of your life to become a teacher or you need to homeschool your kids. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I'm a firm believer in is that I would rather, cause this happened with me in my life. I would rather my kids learn and make mistakes and be corrected in the home amongst family and people that care about them versus going into the world as an asshole in the world, letting you know you don't fucking matter like that. Rather you get disciplined at home than punched in the face in the streets. And that's what a lot of those homeschool kids deal with because they only get one side of things. They are taught exactly what their parents want them to learn. So they have all the same thoughts and leanings as their parent. They get in the real world and learn shit ain't sweet like that. And it's a tough adjustment. Yeah. And I think history is honestly an underrated subject. People like to talk about math and STEM. All of that is important. Don't get me wrong. But I think history is just as important because if you're not learning the truth about your country, the truth about history... Honestly, it's a disservice to everybody because who are we bringing into the world? People that don't know facts about history. People always blew off history as, oh, we're in history. But history is honestly important. You know, there's so many details that I didn't learn in elementary school and in high school, but I learned in college. But a lot of people don't go to college. Since everybody doesn't go to college, there's certain people that don't know some of the things that I know. Well, I mean, let me just run down the list of things that I learned on my own that I didn't get taught in school, right? Never knew about Black Wall Street and the Tulsa uh, race massacre. Never. I learned about JFK's assassination on my own because you see the video on YouTube. We didn't cover that in school. Um, Juneteenth. I learned about that through my family. I never learned about that in school. And a lot of people just learned about it in the past two years. There are a lot of gaps that need to be filled. And by trying to pick apart and shield people's feelings from what has actually happened in this country, it's just doing them a disservice and creating a lot more gaps. That's part of the reason. If people lack education or common knowledge, you know, whatever they think or whatever somebody tells them, they believe it and they take it as fact. They don't have the critical thinking to think for themselves or to know facts from fiction. So they're easily swayed and easily manipulated, unfortunately. 
Honestly, if we worried about white people's feelings all the fucking time, no progress would have been made in this country. Progress gets made when white people feel uncomfortable. If we were subjected to the truth and learning about the brutalities of slavery, Jim Crow, and lynching and everything, I'm sure white people can handle the truth as well. Stop coddling them. They'll be okay, Condola. <laughs> Gosh darn. All right, I'm mm. trying not to curse anymore because that got me heated a little bit. <laughs> it's okay. Um, our next topic, Justin, you said that sort of like Game of Thrones, how winter is coming. 2022 is coming. You said we should be scared. What's on your mind? Yeah. Um, well, midterms are coming. And I think that we have every right to be nervous because... I don't know, based on everything that's happening in the country so far, I feel like people are still dissatisfied with the gridlock that's going on. If you guys don't know, Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin, they are two Democrats that are impeding progress because for whatever reason, they're not agreeing to what everybody else is agreeing to in terms of all the bills that Biden is proposing that'll change some stuff. But they're voting against it because they're being bought out, clearly. A lot of people that were told to vote are upset because it's like y'all are telling us to vote every midterm and every election at the end of the day nothing is changing so why should we vote and i don't blame them for having that opinion because if you're telling somebody over and over to vote to save democracy and when they do it nothing changes it disheartens people and it makes them jaded about our whole electoral process and government in general and i think that in 2022 i think the democrats are going to lose and in 2024 I don't want to say, but I also think that Democrats are going to lose the election as well, especially if Kamala is the nominee, because for whatever reason, I just don't think that she's going to get the job done in terms of winning the election. Um, I don't know. Dante said that America may not be ready for a black woman to be president. So I don't know. Um, I stand firmly by my statement that this country is not going to elect a black woman in 2024 if Kamala is the nominee. And I'm not saying that about, you know, I think most people are racist or sexist or anything like that. One of the big problems here, Justin, you got to please spare me some time because I'm going to go on a rant about a lot of this. About Well, look at the time. <laughs> we um, this country's not going to do that. One of the big reasons is because we have the Electoral College, which is stupid. The person who gets the most votes should win the election, period, point blank, because that is the true will of the people. And that is what the definition of democracy is. Um, our system is broken in this country. Uh, we live in a country where often there is minority rule. Um, the party who has less voters, who has less engagement, who represents less people, chooses what's going on in this country. So you have Idaho and Wyoming telling us as a nation what should be going on. And that's just an example. You know, the two senators in California represent as many people as I think 24 other senators combined. Make it make sense. The Senate is useless. Um, House of Representatives is a representative government because you have representatives there based off of population. Now, in terms of people feeling jaded, I understand it. And I'm actually at the point where I'm with you because they tell you to vote, vote. This matters. We need power. We need the trifecta to get Biden's agenda, uh, agenda done and reverse the course on how 45 fucked up this country and everything like that. And what happens? We deliver. We do our part. Right. We we flip Georgia. We flipped Georgia. It's big. Don't ever we, we have it. we have fifty. We have fifty in the Senate with Kamala as a tiebreaker. We have the House. We have the presidency. We have the trifecta. And now you're telling us, oh well, it's not enough because of Mansion and Cinema. So we got to go even harder in 2022 and and flip Pennsylvania Good and luck. flip North Carolina and flip all this shit. You can't Good keep luck. moving the goalpost. You can't keep moving the goalpost on people. 
You can't keep saying, hey, you did great, but this wasn't good enough because that's going to turn people away from you. And you can't make these promises and not be able to deliver on them when you have the power. Like you suck at governing as Democrats. When you have the power, how are you not able to ram through your agenda? Because the Republicans didn't give a about civility. Forty five wanted to give uh, tax cuts to the rich. Guess what they did? They got that shit done. You think Mitch McConnell gave a about civility or gave a about Joe Manchin's opinions on anything? Gave a about norms? No. It's time for you guys to govern like them. The people voted to put you in power, to give you the trifecta. It's time for you to deliver for the people. And honestly, I wish you had that same smoke for Obama whenever we retroactively look at his legacy and what he did, because he had a supermajority in the Senate and didn't get enough done, in my opinion. And I think that just because he's black doesn't mean that that shields him from criticism in any way. And I think that that's a big problem with how people address Obama and what he did during president. But we're in 2021 now. That's another topic for another day because we like to hold everybody accountable. I'm not going to shield somebody from criticism just because they're black because I've told Dante this before and I'll say it again. I'd rather have a white president that gets stuff done than a black president just to have a black president for the sake of having a black president that does nothing. I really don't care. So as long as somebody is getting stuff done, I could care less about their race, to be honest. But I'm going to do my part because there's no point in complaining and not voting. But at this point, Democrats should realize that people that decide not to vote have every right to make that decision because look at what's happening in government right now. You tell them to vote, nothing happens, nothing changes. So if they sit out, maybe something will change. Maybe y'all will realize that y'all need to actually address the problems instead of you, you know, pulling back all of the stuff that you promised in terms of canceling loans and all this other stuff. So, you know. It's their bed. They have to lie in it. It is what it is. So whatever happens in the midterms and whatever happens in the election in 2024, I think that they are to be blamed. So whatever happens, happens. I'm going to do my part because, like I said, I'd rather be part of the change than part of the people that complain but do nothing. But at the end of the day, I'm not really going to side eye people as much who decide not to vote because you've told them to vote over and over. Nothing is resulting. So maybe if they sit out, something will actually change. It's so disheartening um, about the stuff that's going on. Like they're debating about parental leave. Like we're the country with the worst parental leave in the nation. Your company doesn't even have to offer it to you. And then when they do, they can pay you 60% of your wages. Your life just actually got more expensive because now you have another life to take care of and make sure that thing doesn't die. And we're talking about, oh, a woman should only uh, be away from work for a month. Is that time to bond with her kid to heal from giving birth to, uh, to set up adequate childcare. Like, what are we even talking about here? So they proposed 12 weeks, three months. Okay. Now it's down to four weeks. Like what, what are we doing here? Like these people do not care about you. We could talk about this all day. (laughs) Honestly, we have so much to get through, but like I always say, say it with me all capitalism will not kill me. It's killing a lot of people. It really is. So we have a lot to be worried about, but <laughs> we have a lot to cover on this episode. We can spend forever just talking about our gripes with our current state of the government or whatever. All right, guys, our next story. Uh, and thank you for letting us uh, get that off our chest and hopefully enlighten some people here. You know, let us know your plans. Do you plan on voting in 2022 for people who live in New Jersey? We got to vote next week for governor. Our next story is about the NBA and is about a player on the Philadelphia 76ers named Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons historically has decided, hey, I'm not going to shoot the basketball. He refuses to shoot a jump shot or a three point shot. And in a critical moment 
in a game uh, in the playoffs last year, an elimination game. He passed open a wide open, not even a shot, but a dunk because he was so shook, which led to him getting the ire of the fan base and the media. Ben Simmons has since said he wanted to be traded. He's done playing in Philadelphia. He skipped team uh, meetings and practices and began to accrue fines because he wasn't doing performing his job and his duties, what's laid out in the contract. Once he figured out that, hey, I'm losing money here, he reported back to the team and was kicked out of practice last week because he refused to participate in drills. Had a meeting with the team and said, hey, you know, I want to clear the air. I'm not mentally ready to play. And that's where we are today. So Justin and I had a discussion and talked about mental health and sports. And I'll let you take it from here, Justin. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't follow basketball as much as Dante does. So I know that this is a player that plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. And obviously, a lot of the fans don't like him because he's not performing as they expected. And now, like Dante said, he talked to his teammates and said that he's not mentally well enough to play basketball. So we were talking about how when somebody has an issue with mental health. Uh-huh. I got I to gotta stop you there. That is not he did not say he's not mentally well. He said he's not ready mentally to play basketball. So he didn't say, hey, I'm going through some stuff mentally. I'm hurting or whatever the situation. He said mentally, I'm not ready to be on the basketball court with you guys. Okay, Yeah. So he said mentally he's not ready to be on the basketball court. So I guess he's taking a break from basketball or whatever. But that's what he said. So Dante and I were talking about mental health and how it's perceived in the media, whether that be with Simone Biles. It's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. Is that weird? Um, yeah, to do something that I've done forever and just not be able to do it because of everything I've gone through is really crazy because I love this sport so much. But it's hard. I'm sorry. And I don't think people understand the magnitude of what I go through, but... For so many years to go through everything that I've gone through, put on a front, I'm proud of myself and I'm happy that I can be a leader for the survivors and bring courage to everybody speaking up. So I'm happy to be a voice for them, but we go through our own things and it's hard, but the twisting once I got back, will come back, but I'm still scared of new gymnastics or other players in general. I feel like whenever somebody has an issue with mental health, everybody is on their side. We start these conversations about mental health and the strain people have when it comes to being a celebrity, being an athlete, balancing so many things at the same time and how that can wear on you mentally. So Ben Simmons, I guess, is dealing with that as well. And some people are critical of it. Some people say that he's using mental health as a cover because this is something that's uncomfortable to talk about but this is the point of the show to talk about things that are uncomfortable and a personal opinion i have is that i think that people use mental health as a cover i'm not saying that everybody that deals with mental health does this but i do think that since mental health is not a physical ailment it's something that you can't see it's hard for people to tell when somebody is lying or telling the truth and also anybody that questions somebody that is dealing with mental health is looked at as an asshole because it's like, man, somebody's going through something, especially something that we as a society are trying to address. You're somebody that has no compassion for somebody else. That's how the person is perceived. And I don't know, I don't live in other people's minds. I cannot see what they're going through. Everybody experiences things differently. And who am I to question what they're going through? 
who am I to question what Ben Simmons is going through? Because I don't know. You know, people act out in different ways. Maybe he's unhappy. Maybe he's dealing with some stuff personally that we're not privy to. Because I do think that just because somebody is in the public eye doesn't mean that we have to know everything that's going on with them. So if he wants to play basketball, great. If not, he should hang it up and do whatever he wants to do. And we actually agree on this. I do think, and that's unfortunate because there are people that deal, and I think everybody to an extent deals with mental health because mental health is just health. Let's stop making it turkey bacon, right? Like it's health. I think everybody deals with it, but I think that people do use it as a escape goat. And unfortunately, it, it, it diminishes when somebody is dealing with something that is completely legitimate. And, you know, in the case of Ben Simmons, you know, it's been, this whole saga has been well documented about him trying to request, you know, trying to get out of the situation. Philly had tried to figure out how not to play. And in the game seven against the Atlanta Hawks, it just came out about a month ago that he was trying to take COVID test so he could be in the protocol and not have to play the game. So he'd only came back to the team when he started forfeiting money. So a lot of people rightfully so reasons because of all the evidence that stacked up against him are saying, Hey, man, this just don't seem legitimate to me. It just don't smell right. Like the guy knew he made a mistake and was losing this money. So now he's trying to do this as a last ditch effort to get paid for not playing basketball. And, you know, if he is dealing with stuff in his personal life, I hope that works out for him. Just because they're they're in the public eye doesn't mean that we are privy to whatever goes on in their life. They don't have to share that stuff with us. Well, just because he doesn't want to miss out on checks. Like, what's the issue with that? Nobody wants to lose money. He's made it clear that he doesn't want to play for the team. So what's the problem now? That you signed a contract to be there for three years. That's not how it works in sports. You don't get to dictate where you want to go. Maybe he's requested for a trade. If they're not honoring it, then he doesn't have to play. Then you don't have to get paid because you're breaching your contract. That's what we sign contracts for. If you're not delivering on your services, there's nothing in the contract that says, hey, if you request a trade, we have to trade you. You signed your rights to that team. So if you're if you're not going to perform your duties, you don't get paid. That's like me showing up to work and be like, yeah, I don't want to do human resources today. I think I want to do customer service they look at me like all right well what the fuck are you talking about like this is what you're here for we'll stop demonizing him then then stop demonizing him if he's playing poorly he's expressed that he no longer wants to play there and y'all continue to demonize him for playing poorly what do you expect when a disgruntled player is forced to play when they don't want to okay he played poorly we're going to let you know about it that's any fan base any fan base is going to praise their players when they're doing good and when they're playing like shit you're going to let them know about it. But I will say, if he doesn't want to play basketball, I don't think that's the case. I just think that he doesn't want to play with this team. If they don't want him to continue playing poorly, just trade him. Stop the headache and the media scrutiny and just trade him and make him happy. Yeah, he kind of tanked his value, but I wish they would trade him too and get it over with. But this leads us to another player. Yeah, so Kyrie Irving is another basketball player. And I think for the team that he plays for, I think it's the state that he plays for. They said that I think all athletes have to be vaccinated or I don't know if it's the team that said all. It's the state that if you're going to be in one of these facilities, you have to be fully vaccinated. That goes for staff, players, fans, everything. He doesn't want to take the vaccine for whatever reason. That's his personal choice. And he's entitled to have his own personal choice. But at the end of the day, they have their strict rules of if you're not vaccinated, you're not going to play. He hasn't been playing because he's not vaccinated. So people are looking at him. Like he's a martyr, like he's somebody that's valiantly taking a stance against the vaccine. Some people think that it's unfair that he's not able to play simply because he made the decision to not be vaccinated. But we always talk about your place of employment. They can set up whatever rules they want. 
Either you abide by it or you don't. He's not abiding by their rules, whether it's fair or not. really doesn't matter because he's agreeing to be in this league. He's agreeing to play for this team. They have their rules. So it is what it is. People are trying to make him a martyr like he's Muhammad Ali, who missed out on three years of his prime because the government tried to send him to a war that he didn't believe in. He's not a martyr. He's, he's choosing to do this. Ali faced jail time. They wouldn't give that man a license to fight, to earn a living. Kyrie's money is sitting there waiting for him. It's not that big of a deal to get vaccinated, but it is his choice. So if he's okay with missing games, then just be quiet and miss your games in peace and leave us alone. But some people have said that it's selfish for him to not get vaccinated when his other teammates are vaccinated. Is he in any way obligated to honor his contract and play even though he doesn't want to get vaccinated? And is it fair to his teammates and the team who has aspirations to make the playoffs and ultimately make a title run? Um, I, I don't think he owes it to his teammates to do it because, like you said, it's his choice, right? It's his body. It's his choice. He can do whatever he wants to do. But just know you can't be making noise about not getting paid because you're you're the one not performing your duties because of your personal choice. Like you can't have it both ways. There's actions and reactions and there's consequences to every action. You decided that you're not going to get vaccinated. Just like you're facing a, a situation that a lot of people in this country are going to be facing very soon. OK, you're not going to get vaccinated. We no longer have a place for you here. Now you can't earn a living. You decided that your reaction to this policy is I'm not going to do it. OK, you know the choice that you made. There's nothing to argue about now. It goes back to when we talked about Shakari Richardson on this podcast, not making excuses for her. She knew the rules. She broke them. And it wasn't her that was making all the noise about it. it people like, oh, well, she was going through a tough time and her story is so great. And we should bend the rules. No, that's not what we're doing. There's rules in place for a reason. Who, how do we decide who we're bending rules for or what we're making exceptions for? There shouldn't be any exceptions. Like rules are rules. But I think... I was more so bothered with the lack of empathy that people were having for Shikari more than anything. I understand that rules are rules, but at the same time, if somebody's mom passed away and who am I to judge them? Like they did what they did at the end of the day that did violate a rule. It is what it is. Unfortunately, we can still have empathy while still honoring the rules that everybody has to follow. It wasn't just her that was penalized. There's players every year, you know, that fail drug tests. It just so happened to be somebody that people were rooting for and they messed up. Everybody messes up. So she just made, you know, a poor choice that she's having to live with for the rest of her life. And Kyrie is making a choice. Emphasis on choice. His choice, his body, his decision, it is what it is. And Kyrie, honestly, this isn't the first time that he's made interesting decisions and opinions on certain things. Didn't he say that the earth is flat or something like that? Or was that somebody else? No, yeah, he he's a flat earther. He believes the earth is flat. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't get down with fake deep people. But, you know, listen, honestly, I think I said this earlier, full circle moment. Look at you, Justin. <laughs> Look, you think the earth is flat, man. I don't got shit to talk to you about. That lets me know that you you like you you off, you know, like Yeah. Hey man, it's cool. We don't gotta talk about nothing. Don't worry. Nothing of consequence anyway. You know, I might take your movie recommendation, but if you want to talk about real shit that impacts life, now nah, we don't got nothing to talk about, man. You think the earth is fucking flat. I'm good. Yeah, like I don't have any time for that. He's hurting his team, but that's his choice. So lose money i guess he's fine with that i guess he's made enough money to where he doesn't care so that's fine but i don't like the people protesting outside the barclays center and being mad for him like what are y'all doing Kyrie sitting up in his mansion while y'all are looking foolish telling the nba to let him play it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen so and yeah you know my problem with it like his message whatever his message is is being 
bastardized because the people that told him to shut up and dribble are now making him a martyr and being like no we stand with Kyrie he did more than Kaepernick ever did blah 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 make it make sense man does he not see that he's being played for somebody to have that influence and for them to have that stance is unfortunate but it is his choice so I can't really judge him too much but I do know that a couple months ago I think LeBron came out and said that yes I'm vaccinated yes I'm going to be playing but I don't feel that it's my right or my place to tell people to get vaccinated. And maybe it's not his place to tell people to get vaccinated, but I think as a public figure and as the face of the sport, him getting vaccinated and saying, yes, I encourage others to get vaccinated goes a long way in the perception of the vaccine because he has a lot of influence with his fellow players. And he also has a lot of influence with fans of his and little kids that look up to him. This is America after all. He's entitled to his opinion and he's living with his decision. Yes, he is. And that's enough that I have to say about Kyrie. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But what do you guys think? Do you think that Kyrie is obligated to get vaccinated? Do you think he owes it to his team and to his fellow players? What do you all think? Because this whole vaccine thing is going on too far, but the rules are in place. And I guess he's going to be losing money for the rest of the season. So y'all let us know what you think about that and what you think of all the stuff that we've said in this episode. So I guess that's pretty much it for this week. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. What did you think of our opinions about Adele? We might have hurt her feelings. Her fans might be feeling some type of way. It is what it is. But what did y'all think of our opinions and CRT and Condoleezza Rice and Kyrie and vaccines and our government? Let us know. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah, we gave you guys a lot today, Um, as always. Please like, share, subscribe, tell your friends to tell their friends about it. Leave us a rating, a review. It goes a long way. Give us five stars. If you give us four stars, you're probably just hating. That's weird. Um, <laughs> send us questions, y'all. Send us questions. Send us the anonymous questions. We have a link created just for you. They really are anonymous. Don't worry about it. We ain't going to be out here cackling, kikiing about you because we don't know who you are unless you put your name on in the same with your chest. But ask us mm. questions on the anonymous link. DM us questions. It don't matter. Just ask some questions. Get in touch with us. We want to do another Q&A episode. That's all I have for Justin. I'm Dante. It's been another episode of Polar Opposites. Thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to give you another episode. Take care, guys. Bye, guys.